I love you. You look like you're in pain. <laughs> yeah, I had like a burp stuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, Couch Potatoes, one and all, to uh, what I hope is going to be a more used segment of the show throughout 2021. Should you stay or should you go? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. There are no original stories anymore. That is the theme of today's stay or go. Oh. Yeah, technically, or stay or stay go, if you want, we can call it that. Yeah, yeah. So you could, yeah, you could go watch one of these movies in the theater, or you could uh, buy into HBO and, and watch yeah. it from home. For the next, uh, like, 25 days. It's only, it's only going to yeah. be on HBO <laughs> go for a month. Sorry, I say 25 days. By the time this comes out, it's like two weeks. So get out there now, guys. If you want, get out if you there. Want. Yeah, if you've missed, if we're talking... Uh, uh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, Wonder Woman's on HBO. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Which... you you'll you should always be able to catch the OG Wonder Woman on HBO. I don't think they're gonna take that down anytime soon. No. But yeah, the sequel, you got some limited time to catch it. That reminds me, you mentioned the movie's title, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Uh-huh. Remind me, remind me later to talk about that because that's one of the few things that I, I'm mad about that I did not write down in my notes, and I have no more space in my notebook to take notes on Wonder Woman. So please remind me to <laughs> remind me to complain about that later. That that's some foreshadowing, <laughs> I think, for yeah, for Greeny's uh, thoughts. Yeah, see the the theme again of today's episode is there are no original stories, but I'm going to argue that of the two movies we watch, which are mm-hmm. again Wonder Woman 1984 and Pixar's Soul. Yep. Of the two movies we watched, one of them just completely gave itself over to old stories and didn't do anything new and was very boring and bland and completely underwhelming. While the other one took elements of old stories that felt very familiar and didn't really rehash them too well, but still delivered a buttload of emotion into it Yeah, and still built new characters and still told a great new story. Yeah. Out of the ruins of old stories. <laughs> well, that's some foreshadowing on his thoughts of soul. I'm very mad, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, should we go slash stay for Wonder Woman? Uh, let's let's discuss. So, yeah. would, should... Which one of these movies you want to synopsize? I feel like if I synopsize Wonder Woman, I'm going to be pulled off into tangents of bitching constantly sure. Sure. so you might be best you might be best to summarize that one and then i'll okay. just i'll fill in when i get there i just realized something though i'm the face of leone mm. yeah i am the uh, i'm the green traveler of gorsh uh with of gorsh <laughs> this is a podcast about movies and tv particularly new movies today which is exciting yeah this is this is technically it's coming out in 2021 but this is the last uh, movies of 2020 that we're gonna see and review wow in this true. year that is because we're still yeah. recording it in 2020 but it'll be released in 2021 yeah we only got a few more days though we're, we're cutting it pretty close <laughs> yeah i gotta say it, it neither of them knocked off my best or worst film so those still those still remain solidified i can't remember what you said was the worst uh do little do little okay that's fair I think yeah. that's probably pretty fair. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I didn't watch that one, but I heard really bad reviews, and of course, yeah. your review. Well, 
I think we'll do it someday because I definitely want to rewatch it just so I can bitch about it. Okay. Because it's like the la- the last time I got to write about it, and you know there is a catharsis to writing out your your complaints, but voicing them and having other people possibly listen to them is much more entertaining. <laughs> should we uh, should we uh, uh, compare it to the Eddie Murphy movie and do like a remake <laughs> segment? that'd be fun yeah well yeah that could be our uh uh, in a a way a sequel smash you know just yeah that's the blanket title for those stories right okay sure sure i I would argue remakes are are quite a bit different but we got a lot of segment titles so yeah yeah that's why i'm that's why i'm saying it's like under that umbrella segment it would be fine i think so wonder woman talking 1984 is a year of style and flair and diana prince she is working in a museum the same job i i I would hope a different museum by the time the justice league movie came around because that's a that's a good way to get found out right there knowing the dceu they did not put thought into it they did not put thought into that no okay so anyhow she's like some kind of curator scientist archaeologist anthropologist whatever uh, at this museum, <laughs> millionaire, billionaire, flying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. She has time on her hands. Um, She's just Bruce Wayne of the mascara. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. She is working with uh, Barbara Minerva. She's really just met Barbara, and Barbara t- immediately takes a liking to her and wants to be like her, which comes into play when they find this artifact that grants wishes and this guy named maxwell lord wants to get a hold of it he's an oil baron he's an oil baron at least he he wants to be um, well he is he he technically is yeah he he just he's just a failed he's one. not doing good <laughs> yeah he's not doing good he gets a hold of it and uh chaos ensues including spoilers not so much spoilers because it was in the trailer which i think is the most bogus thing uh chris prine comes back to life steve trevor yeah because if you if your big complaint of wonder woman the first movie because there was that's such a wonderful movie that there's really hard you know it's it's kind of hard yeah, to complain about it because it, even with all of its little nitpicky issues it's entertaining and very heartfelt or uh, emotionally warming movie it's powerful i think in some places yeah. Yeah, and uh, if your main issue of that movie, because it was hard to find issues, was that you have this powerful female superhero for the first time on screen, and she spends the whole time pining after a pilot, if that's your big issue, they double down on that super (laughs) fucking hard in this movie. (laughs) That is very, very true. See, though, when I watched the original Wonder Woman, obviously there is some... uh, chemistry and there's definitely something between her and trevor but Mm -hmm. for me it never really gets solidified until that last moment and so for me it was never a huge part of her character for that movie yeah that's that's how i watched it yeah that's why it's not an issue for me because i didn't i didn't mind i thought it was a it felt like a natural relationship that was built mm-hmm. on curiosity and respect like it, it and, and the brotherhood of 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 battle too like yeah you know they, exactly they, they sell some shit together and and yeah completely respect each other like you said yeah, yeah and it's it's 
it's a well the first one is a well-told story yeah and i walked away like completely willing to give any kind of story to patty jenkins because she did an amazing job as a director oh yeah i still want to see more from her directing yeah Yeah, i mean she she's doing that uh uh star wars film i i sent you the trailer of it of the fighter it's the fighter i can't remember what it's called it's it's not rogue one but it's (laughs) it's i think it says rogue something but anyways, she's doing a fighter pilot uh, Star Wars film. That's cool. And she says it's going to be like the best fighter pilot movie ever made. And I'm just like, oh, that's fucking ballsy. Like, I love it. <laughs> that like, is pretty ballsy. I'm, I'm still really excited for what she has to deliver on that. That's going to be really awesome. And I am hoping severely that this film was just a fluke or that it was severely affected by producers butting in. Yeah, I, I would say that there probably was some producers butting in. But I would say that um the performances that the actors gave and the scenes i i don't think that the movie was badly directed i think that the the script wasn't great and um the the ending part which we'll talk about with the all the cgi that wasn't great either but yeah that's that's what i'm getting at with the the directing is you're right the performances are good mm-hmm. and the script that was delivered, which was also written by Patty Jenkins, but I feel like it was more influenced by Jeff Johns, the comic book writer, who I do love his comic books. We'll talk about that. But I feel like the bad part here in, in regards to directing was her handling of action scenes. Because in mm. the first one, she has those awesome war fight scenes where, you know, Wonder Woman's standing up with the shield and she's getting pelted with Man, bullets. Man, fucking and, like, Amazon scene on the beach. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so good. And then in this one, it opens up with young Diana. That like the intro scene is young Diana entering into a contest where she's going up against other Amazonians, and it's like a contest, right. to, you know, strength of will and all that kind of stuff. And it looks horrible. I think what that scene really came down to for the horrible for me was like, where did the Amazons all of a sudden get spandex? <laughs> they they had like this cool fucking armor that that seemed like you know something that someone would develop who was weapon and armor kind of advanced mm-hmm. but then in this movie they're just they're wearing these like leotards kind of thing yeah i didn't i don't pay i didn't pay attention to the dress and that's that's more of just a sexist thing for me oh um right. it's just because like when people were complaining about justice league and how like they minimize the amazonian armor from what it was in wonder woman to be like the very more skin revealing right. armor and justice league i i literally didn't notice it when i watched it and then when i walked away and heard that it was a complaint i was like oh you know so yeah but th- then we had the actors come out about that one though um yeah I'm yeah they're mistaken saying that it was a lot easier to move yeah like um, to be fair there there are arguments on both sides but what i'm saying is like from my point of view as a male I sadly don't pay enough attention to <laughs> to uh, costume design as I as I would like to, but that scene, what makes that scene really horrible for me, is every time that they show an action scene of young Diana, who again is like probably what would you say like four feet tall, like you know young girl. Yeah, she is small. Uh, she seemed every just t- as small as the first movie to me. <laughs> I yeah, uh, like there's no. But I mean, yeah, no issue with that. But it's just like. Every time they do an action scene and they try to show her doing something, you can clearly tell that the stunt double looks much taller than a child. I see. Every time. I'm see, like, why are you doing this? 
It, like it, I just every time I could not stand it. I was so irritated. I'm just like <laughs> they show her jumping off a horse. I'm like that is like a five foot tall man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the you know maybe it's just I was viewing it from the smaller screen. So maybe you know I just you know maybe I was maybe. disillusioned. But it did not feel like a little girl was performing any of the stunts that were being shown. Ho, 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 ho. Hello, all. This is the Green Traveler from the future stepping in to say that Lily Asbel, the young actress who played young Diana, did all of her own stunts during that introduction scene. And I, old ass white male that I am, am completely talking out of my ass. Feel free to laugh at me in the comments. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, I'm returning you back to my rant. Bye. They did. One thing this movie is trying to do is pull from the old Superman films. You know, the. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember his name now. Christopher Reeves. Christopher, the Christopher Reeves, Reeves Superman films. Because it has that kind of attitude, that emotion, uh, the atmosphere that they're trying to, you know, that kind of cheesy, campy little feel. And you mm. see that in, in other DC films like Shazam and a little bit in Aquaman. Like, they're trying to find their style still. Right. And and I'm they still sure of the firm opinion that they need to just destroy the whole foundation and start over. You know, they build it yeah. on sand and they they need to <laughs> But keep Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, keep keep the keep some of the cast you've made. I like some of the And Patty, you know, I like the keep Patty choice. too. I think she she has more good good to come. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do agree that this isn't as good of a movie as the first, but I, I don't I don't think it was incompetent by any means. But oh man, I I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of writing structural incompetence. Like I'll, I'll give you that. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling on where to start with my criticisms because it's just going to be a stream of consciousness. Just me constantly bitching, and you're just going to have sure. to interrupt me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, gonna be... you know we're gonna have episodes like that. Um, so I'm sure that yeah. there'll be a movie. Well, I mean, even this is kind of spoilers for an opinion uh, that I have later in this series. When we did Goldfinger, I kind of went off on that movie. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's just gonna happen. That's gonna be part of our style. Yeah, you're just gonna have to keep me from doing it for like a whole hour because I probably <laughs> could. This has been. It's been. Uh, what is today the twenty eighth? So it's uh, it's been three days, three days since we've watched it, or four days, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't gotten the chance to just bitch about this movie yet. And right, so, so I could, you still got a bunch of steam under the lid. Okay. I'm boiling, man. I'm boiling. <laughs> like honestly, I'm almost willing to just say throw up the spoiler wall, but I think there's stuff we can talk about still outside oh, sure. of it. We'll talk about the lead characters first. Yeah, do. You, yeah all right so all right so you know again everybody let's let's there's gal gadot and uh chris pine as you said as steve trevor mm. and wonder woman um amazing you know they still do a great job yeah uh the action scenes neither of them really pull off action too well mm. the the physics of wonder woman's lasso yeah god awful yeah they i don't I don't quite understand the leap that they took from what the the lasso could do in the first movie to this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, it was because ridiculous. she's just like Tarzan swinging everywhere with it, and she does a lot mm-hmm. more fighting with it. But she doesn't have a sword. 
in this this movie either so no that could be uh, a reason why it's like okay so she doesn't have that cool sword anymore and i'm like but she's in antiquities she's in antiquities. <laughs> right one. Uh, <laughs> she's like she's like floating around too. Like like whenever she she'll lasso somebody and then she'll just like float and hover down. And like mm-hmm. the facial expressions she's doing just look more like I got to make sure that the wire doesn't pull my hair by twisting my my body to the left <laughs> or the right. You know, it's like she's very just like unemotional whenever she's using the lasso. And like every action scene just fell off because it just didn't feel like the actors were, you know, knowing what they were supposed to be doing in certain areas. Right, and right. it's just, and every time with the lasso, whenever she slung anybody anywhere, it just looked bad, all and right, I was just, right. it, it made me so mad. I was just, this is like, you know what the physics are, you know, you fling somebody, you know what that looks like. This movie's just like, whew, and then they hover, and then they kind of like gently fall, and they <laughs> land on the ground, and then they slide ten feet, and I'm like, no, why wouldn't they get flown into the wall at like fifty miles an hour? That thing's a magical weapon of the gods. <laughs> oh man. Like, uh, that might, I don't know. That might be, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't done enough movie stuff to know, like, the roles, uh, that people take on, on a movie mm-hmm. production. But on stage, there's a, um, a technical director who, um, directs all of the, the, physical effects and stuff like that like if yeah. people are on wires they're they're yeah. planning that out making sure it's safe and all that kind of thing that could be on that person's role uh mm-hmm. you know like maybe they it was maybe they are just trying to do some effect stuff that they knew would work and yeah uh i don't know you know it, it, and, and that's fine but when you see the final product and again on the small screen maybe on the big right. screen it looks much better uh you know most directors think of the big screen when they are directing so it's sure. very possible that it looks much better blown up on you know in the theaters but on the small screen i still like those action scenes they all they all just fell off and it's just like whenever she like there's a good car chase scene there was one good action scene where she and Steve Trevor are on the road chasing oh, down yeah. uh, some vehicles. That was, that was really fun. The only problems with that scene was there's a moment where she gets out and runs next to the vehicle, and it's so obviously green screened behind them. And I'm just, I'm just yeah. like, come on. You had the, This movie was delayed for six months because of the virus. You had six months to send it back to editors and get it CGI'd to, to perfection. To just make it look yeah. better than the Lord of the Rings, like you had, you had all every. There's no, there's no excuse for bad CGI when you have a delay of this long. Like just I pour agree. a couple That's extra fair. hundred hundred thousand dollars into it and get it looking beautiful. Yeah, it could have been a, it could have been a budget issue. Um, I mean, they, they the definitely. Warner Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, like, hey, though, you know, with, with. Uh, times like these you know big companies yeah. they really roll back they're like okay we gotta yeah. make sure that we make it through uh this depression which i mean who yeah knows what's going on you're so. right you're right i mean i i get it that is true i i just feel like they still could have could have done something could more have. To, to make it look better if anybody could have you're right and uh i guess the next big the next two big characters the the only two big characters left to talk about are the villains 
mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, as uh, Maxwell Lord. Yeah, and... which I did not know going ahead that he was going to be in this. And I was like... Yeah, I, I remembered watching the trailer and being like, oh, yeah, cool, that, that's going to be awesome. And then I completely forgot that Maxwell Lord was in this movie. Like, I completely forgot it. And then watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then I got scared. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. He's not He's not bad. It's just, no, he's. It, I like his character. I did not know how I felt about it at first when they were introducing yeah, he's the very, character. Yeah, he's very campy. Like, he definitely oh, is yeah. the, the 80s Superman kind of villain. Yeah, he's, but he also is like an 80s salesman, stockbroker kind of personality. Yeah. Like, it, he does do it really well. And yeah. and after a while, when you get to, like, I feel like the more monstrous he becomes, the more human he becomes in, yeah. as well. At least he becomes know, less get... fake. His front falls. Yeah. And, and I thought, I just thought that full ride pedro pascal did a pretty good job with this character i'm not 100 percent sure that i like the character <laughs> yeah i'm glad that worked for you because i'm i did not get any of that going in because mm. the ending felt like a huge 360 that came out of left field that uh we won't talk spoilers yet but there's you know the stuff with maxwell lord's character near the end where he makes a decision and that decision felt completely off from the character that I had watched be developed. Right. So, like it just it just felt like they were like we have no way of ending this quick huge character switch that it just... did seem like a quick a quick end. And you know yeah. maybe that was maybe that was some kind of producer stepping in and because yeah, like because I, I don't yeah I don't like the ending they had. It's we'll talk that behind the wall. It did kind of remind me of the Suicide Squad ending. Hmm like it just kind of happened <laughs> yeah just flashy and silly yeah you know before we talk cheetah that's the last character we'll talk about and then i i think mm. we might be able to put up the wall I'm, i'll have to look at my notes but okay. uh let's quick let's quickly talk the time period because it is a period right. movie 19 you know wonder woman 1984 it's in the title uh-huh. 1984 you're gonna choose a year in the 80s you you want to make an 80s movie that's fine you're right. gonna choose a year yeah. you choose you choose 1984 which is a George Orwell novel. Yeah, I was so thinking if, some Big Brother stuff was gonna happen too. Yeah, Just yeah. You choose that. You choose that year. You make it Orwellian. You do not make it Orwellian. You piss a lot of people off because I was expecting one woman to be going up against government agencies. Right. You yeah. Know? I, yeah. I was expecting Big Brother stuff, especially in the year we've had nothing. They could have even you know, have done it's... Brother Blood, and I would have been happy with that. Like, just make yeah. it a reference. Yeah. <laughs> anything and it's it it pisses me off like why even bother with the year what's the point uh yeah just and you could have i mean maybe there was a working title that was wonder woman the 80s and yeah somebody was like "Eh, i think it should be a specific year and they just see see, they were stupid what i felt happened what i felt happened was that the working title was wonder woman 84 and they just accidentally let that slip to the public as Wonder Woman 84. And people were like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's like, that's a good name for a sequel. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we're stuck with it. All right, let's go with no, it. That, and then that they just. Could be. That's what I think happened. I don't, I it have no idea. A fumble. A uh, fumble. But it's, that's one of like the inconsistencies is, you know, those missed opportunities. You name your movie that you could have made it Orwellian. 
the entire intro sequence is about uh you know wonder woman cheats to try to win that uh that contest she's in and you know uh, robin white or robin wright who i can't remember her character's name pulls her aside before she can win the competition thank you Uh, and no offense to robin wright she is a great actress or actor um i i love her she looked like she was just constipated throughout her five minutes and on the screen like she did not look like she was at all excited to be acting because they don't do anything with them mascara it's no. the intro scene it's the intro sequence and then they're just done with it and that kind of right. irritates me too maybe she was irritated maybe she was hoping for a bigger role upon return yeah. well i mean uh, it's like i get it it's lost she can't find it like i, I get it but Still, you could have done something behind the scenes. It could have been a subplot that, you know, somehow they help right. her solve the, the final issue in their isolation. But, like, another inconsistency that, again, I'm just going to be stream of consciousness this, but this one's not a spoiler, so I want to put it up front. Throughout this movie, people are wearing heavy, heavy clothes. They're in jackets. They're, you know, uh, Cheetah, when you see her, she's wearing, like, a lot of fur a lot sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a scene with a homeless person at the beginning who's breathing and his, his breath is in, in clouds and Kristen Wake comes up and gives him some food and she says, stay warm tonight or yeah, stay warm tonight. And, you know, and she walks away and 30 minutes later, you find out it's July the 4th in Washington, DC where temperatures are typically 70 degrees or more. Uh, so it's just, it's just yeah. these stupid little inconsistencies that it's just like, if you're, if, if you're not paying attention to it, you don't care. But if you are like me, you're like, wait, how is it July the 4th? Everybody's cold. Everybody's breathing fog. You know, th- that person's wearing a jacket. That homeless guy is like underneath a huge cotton blanket. And she told him to stay warm that night. And everybody's crowding right. around the oil barrels. Right. <laughs> like it, it is It is in D.C. The whole movie? Or I just thought just parts of it I think so. Were. The whole I think movie the, were? I think so. But th- that's another problem. Yeah, is, that's pretty inconsistent. <laughs> Well, it's like I read. I read. Uh, Patty Jenkins said this. It, you know, it was like she wanted to make it. A, you know, a, um, she wanted to bring DC to life or whatever. It was a Washington Post or something stupid article. But you know, it's a lot of this. A lot of the film is set in DC, if not most of it. You know, but there are good portions in it. And the locations never felt solid for me. I never knew where things no. were taking place. I thought most of it was either California or Florida. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and maybe it's because I've only been to one space center in my life. But when they went to the space center, I was like, "Wait, are they in Florida?" Yeah. Because, and, uh, but maybe there is one in DC that I don't know. I'm glad you reminded me of that because I I had that one of my complaints was that uh, Steve Trevor calls them jets when he first sees them. When yeah. He, when he sees a modern jets. day modern day airplane, he calls it. Oh, look at that jet! And I'm like, "You're from World War One. There were no fucking jets." But yeah. you just reminded me they went to the space center. He most he most likely heard that word in there, so that that's makes fair. sense. That's fair. So I will I will hold that complaint that that is resolved. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure a lot of my complaints are easily resolved by you know you know looking into it and finding out that I'm just talking out my ass. You know, like the stunt doubles know, at the beginning. Stunt doubles at the beginning could have been, you know, it could have been a young girl, but it didn't feel like it. <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know. I not, I was I did not pick that one up that particular one so and now that i just talked about this is gonna be like an hour-long review of just wonder woman i'm so sorry <laughs> uh now that i talked about steve trevor's inconsistencies there there there's a fun and, and i say fun sarcastically there's a fun little moment where 
you know, Steve Trevor and Diana are walking around Washington, D.C., and Trevor's remarking to all the new wonders of the world, you know, and he's just like, oh, this is so cool. He's like, they get on an escalator. Oh, escalators are so cool. Well, escalators were invented in 1892 and were in use during World War One. <laughs> and then they. But maybe uh, they just I, look better. Maybe they look better and the mall impressed him. Tr- that's true. It, maybe maybe it was the sight of the thing, but it, it very much looked like he was like, "Oh, it's moving, and I'm not supposed to. You know, I don't have to step. What is yeah. this?" And it's like, yeah, "No, yeah. those were in use." And another area that he was really astounded by was the subway, which in uh, London specifically, subways were an 1863 invention, and he was in London during the first yeah. movie. Yeah. And another yeah, fun that, surprise. That one was weird. Yeah. It, and you we talked this a little bit. Uh, before we started reviewing, but another surprise of his was fireworks. Him and Diana are up in a in a jet and they're flying and they see a bunch of fireworks because it's Fourth of July, and he gets us down. He's like, "What is that?" And she's like, "Oh, it's fireworks." And and he's just like, you know, he goes and flies over them. Fireworks are around since 600 A.D., guys. Yeah, I like, didn't think he was like surprised at the fact that there there was fireworks. I yeah I. I did not catch that line of her saying it's fireworks. It it might it might not have happened honestly. Yeah. It just I, I I do remember him being like, "What is that?" or something along those lines, where he was like dumbfounded by it. And I'm right. just like, I'm like, you've been in wars, you know what this fucking looks like. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Like that was one thing. Like as we were watching that scene, me and my wife, uh, I said, "He's a World War One vet. Don't you think this would be a little traumatic for him?" Right. Okay. Yeah. He he, di- he died. He literally died in an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> and the first, his first thought is, "I'm gonna take this jet and fly it into these fireworks, which are exploding all around yeah. me." Yeah. No trauma. No trauma whatsoever. He's no, perfectly it, okay with it. And he perfectly avoids all the explosions, too. He doesn't get hit by any of these no, missiles. No. <laughs> and plus, again, just a reminder, World War One vet, he, he died in World War One times, flying a modern-day jet like it's no fucking problem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know airplanes. I will put that up front. But I highly doubt... That 1920s planes are similar to today's planes. I'm yeah, sure there are similarities, the, but I'm sure there's got to be a buttload of differences that would make it almost right. nearly impossible to fly. Right. From a steering standpoint, I don't, I don't know, or at least the equipment that they have inside the cockpit, I don't know how much that has changed. But with the plane itself and how it physically works, like most of those planes that he was flying were like propelled from the front and this is like super pushed from the back i'm sure it's a completely different feel i'm sure and when they and when they fly through the when they fly through the fireworks he's able to like slow it down to like be as slow as possible yeah which which i know they're just trying to make a beautiful nice little fun scene yeah but I would say it, it, it was pretty. It came across. It came across as ridiculous because it's like, no, you're in a jet. You would not have this many seconds to admire fireworks going off right. around you. Right. You would be in and out within two or three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I Kristen, think Kristen Wiig we, is cheetah. 
Yes, I was just I was just about to say that. Uh, oh, sorry. I, sorry, I think we went to start to talk about uh, Barbara, but we did not. Here's the evolution of her character. Yeah, go ahead. I can't wear heels. <gasps> I can wear heels. <laughs> I am an apex predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. That, that was all right. That was pretty much all they tried to give her. That was, but she. I think she did uh, a good amount with uh at least in the first uh and second act i thought she did uh pretty yeah. pretty well i i uh the transition really worked for Kristen wig and i kind of got mm-hmm. uh i i like i like other things that she has done like her part in it though yeah i i'm not a big fan of some of the, of the recent comedy movies to be perfectly honest uh ghostbusters like like ghostbusters or i didn't wasn't a big fan of bridesmaid but i could tell that she had something yeah. and uh and you know she's yeah, from she is snl splendid. too so i just kind of figured all her movies were going to be comedies like that so i'm very happy <laughs> that she's getting out of and doing yeah. something else for certain yeah she definitely she definitely does great yeah yeah, she she went okay. For one thing, the way she dressed in the when you first meet her and mm-hmm. she keeps her hair, she looked like a picture of my sister. My sister is <laughs> a, a, is a decade older than me, and yeah. it really looked like <laughs> like my sister when she was quite a bit younger than uh, Minerva. But it was yeah. it was weird for me and then she um she wishes that the plot of her story is she wishes to be like diana i think that she then transitioned into this different person that was kind of a reflection yeah, she, of that first person pretty well yeah she well she yeah she lost her humanity basically and started becoming more like a god and right it it was a, I do like her transition. It was that was one of the better parts of this film was watching Minerva transition and how it affected Diana, and mm-hmm. I really wish that they had focused on that. Uh, we'll right. talk that behind the spoiler walls because there are things I think that you know I think this is a first draft film. I'm sure mm-hmm. in reality I'm sure it was like you know the third or fourth draft. I'm sure it, was, it went through much more process than that, uh, but it felt like a first draft film. It felt like there was so many more steps to go to make this a blockbuster worthy of wonder woman right i mean in all honesty it felt more like a blockbuster worthy of hawkman who i do love but this felt like more of a hawkman styled story but what was i saying uh (laughs) 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 i was listening i was listening uh crap you (laughs) shit shit is so bad i got this is what happens when you go stream of consciousness is like i just forget where i I go off on a tangent and i'm like crap i can't remember where i was going (laughs) but what 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 minerva felt like uh to me was she felt like a spider-man 3 villain uh yeah it's like there's so much potential there there's a great story there we're not gonna give it the due focus because that's not the story we want to focus on yeah sandman would have been cool yeah or just venom by himself yeah, yeah it, jesus there's a lot of story there a lot of story yeah, and now sony has sandman and i'm not too fond of what they did but people like seem to like tom hardy and we'll talk that some other day i'm sure you oh you're talking venom yeah before i lose okay. my focus again but but i do like minerva and i do like that transition that they have with her as you said so it's 
it's just sad to see what comes of it in the third act, which again, Kristen right. Wiig's doing fine. There's nothing yeah. Kristen Wiig does wrong. There's nothing any of the actors do wrong. Everybody puts in a good performance. It just fell apart for me. And we'll talk why behind a spoiler wall, I'm sure. I don't think there's anything else outside of the spoiler wall that I wanted to focus on. Yeah, I think I'm ready to move on. All right, let's put up that wall. Well, hi diddly ho there, spoiler avoider. Go to hour one, minute six, and you'll be happy. What do we want to talk about first? With spoilers up, I kind of, since we already talked about it a little bit, I kind of want to go back to the jet. Because one thing I liked about the jet is that they never, I at least I've never heard the story behind the invisible jet that okay that in the comic books so i i've yeah. never seen that interpreted so i kind of like that she used her her god power to make it invisible uh, yeah that was the one thing from that scene that i was like okay that was cool and the <laughs> effect of seeing like the the blurred like it's a pretty simple effect i would imagine but the yeah. blur the fireworks through the blur that was kind of cool and uh yeah but other than that, been, you're right. That scene was kind of silly. <laughs> I think it would have been funnier if the interior also went invisible. So that yeah, and then just he doesn't like know what space. to do. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. And like, I also, I also love now that you bring that up that she's when he's like, "What are you like? Have you ever done this before?" And she's like, "I did it for to a coffee cup once, but I lost it." And I'm just like, they're not they're not gonna find this jet again. They're gonna sit down in Cairo and then they're not gonna have any also, how did they have enough fuel to get from there to Cairo? <laughs> like, never mind. It's I don't know. Like... I don't know. Yeah, and also but, like but imagine trying jet. to fuel the jet. Right. Try <laughs> Oh man. It's like it, it just brings up all the silliness of the invisible jet. Like where I'm at in the comics, I don't read a lot of Wonder Woman. That's one of them that I'm going back on and reading now. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm trying to find the you know the famous author runs uh, back in the old days. But from what I've read, the invisible jet hasn't really come into play in any of the stories I've read because it's a ridiculous idea. You know, it's, yeah. it, 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 as you said, how do you feel it? You know, it's a pain in the ass. How do you fly it? It's a pain in the ass. You know, it's just you're gonna lose it it makes no sense whenever Uh, she's running low on fuel she just needs superman to come by right (laughs) but she doesn't oh well he can't see through magic though can he oh that's true uh but there's also that's another thing is she doesn't need the jet by the end of this movie because even though we've introduced it she can fly now and that scene was horrible so this movie takes a lot from other sequels you know, Superman too. He renounces his powers and tries to be Clark Kent like a human. And General Zod comes in and you know it fucks up. You know, fucks that all up, and he has to be Superman again. Spider-Man too. You know, he's having troubles with stealth doubt, so he loses his powers. But then as he gets them back, you know, he has a heroic train scene, or you know, mm-hmm. the, the amazing action scene on the train with Doc Ock. That's Doc. a good scene. Yeah, when he gets it, you know, he gets his powers and his confidence back, and he goes for it. Here we are. Wonder Woman 2, or sorry, 1984, she loses her powers because she made a wish to get her boyfriend back. Ah, how lovely. We doubled down on that so hard. 
but the thing huh. is like it's not like it was a conscious thing that she did no that that yeah, kind of redeems it a little bit for me that is true it, it was more of just a whimsical just like you know she's kind of just like oh you know i wish i had steve once once she renounces the wish once she gets rid of it she gets her powers back again and thanks to you know words that steve had said earlier in the film she learns how to fly or something it, yeah. it it looks bad it, it 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 was i don't understand what they were trying to do the scene was supposed to be emotional and heartfelt and like very epic and like she's supposed to like get this new power and like ascend and it just falls flat. I don't. I don't. I don't know what happened. Well, like the whole scene, I'm just like, this is cheesy and corny and just feels wrong. Yeah, because she f- was flying at the end of the last movie. So yeah. Well, she was that... jumping real far. Yeah, but like <laughs> when she. Okay, so the, I mean, we're behind a spoilers wall. So when she yeah. kills Ares, in in that scene, she is mm. floating in the air. She's she's flying and then she you know she obviously which I kind of wanted to bring up when you're talking about the the whip the Mm -hmm. lasso that is because she glides down and I'm like uh, I almost said because she can fly and then I was like yeah but she learns how to fly in this movie so that doesn't make any sense Uh, I think it was like an innate ability that she just figured out she had. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the the magical invisibility thing. I, yeah, I don't know. That's what I was thinking too. Is like you know it, there are things they could use to explain it, right? And they can make they that scene great. They could have made that scene super great when she's just like at one with her powers and she figures it out. You know, she renounces her wish. She's very devastated about you know the cost of it. Mm-hmm. But they could have you know what they're trying to go for is that emotional like this is how I'm one with Steve. You know, this is how I when I'm flying I know that I'm with Steve. Right. And it, and I get it. It's a beautiful thought, and they could have pulled it off. They just, I don't know. They just didn't go for it. They didn't. They didn't try to solidify that feeling at all. And then two seconds later, she's lassoing onto a lightning bolt, and she's flying that around. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you don't need that. You know, that's cool, but you don't need to do that. You know how to fly. Like that. That can't be a better process right, than just right. flying naturally. Because flying naturally, you have full control. Now you're tethered to this lightning bolt. It looks cool for the trailers, but that was what are you doing? Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but and, that's about it. And I, I get why she can do it. You know, daughter of Zeus. Uh, you right. know, lightning's not going to affect her, so I get it. That's fine. Uh, who it does affect is Cheetah, but it only affects her after she's jumping around on electrical wires and using them as weapons forever, and then she falls into the water. And gets like you know, a wire falls into the water, and I guess now electricity affects her, and she gets shocked. It's, it's just all these inconsistencies that just like, they needed more scripts. They just needed right. Jeff John, you know, right. they needed to take it back to Jeff Johns and be like, you you're taking a lot of ideas from things. That's fine. That's okay. Can you make it Wonder Woman? You know, can you yeah. bring it back to the heart of what she is, to the power that she brings, you know, to the to the, you know, the emotional connection she has with people, which they do deliver upon in the yeah. most cheesy, sentimental way, I guess, arrived at where we should talk about Maxwell Lord. Well, yes, we should. But I do want to talk about, since you brought it up, that the, you did bring up the cheetah fight scene. So maybe we should talk yes. about that a little bit. OK, um, you're right. I did bring that up. Um, so going back to strictly the electricity part first, when Mm -hmm. she's swinging 
on those electrical cables that she has broken, she is technically not completing the circuit. So at that point, I was not too upset about it, but I was like, okay, somebody's going to get shocked. And then she did. So for me, it was kind of a fulfilled thing. (laughs) But uh, when she sliced the wires, the live wires, that should have electrocuted her. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of just like that whole fight scene. It's all CGI'd. It's all grayscaled. Like it's it's all in blue. You know, we're going back to the Snyderverse Justice League lighting, which I hate. I'm I'm sorry. I know that the DCEU. I know there are fans of Snyderverse out there. Right. I do not like Zack Snyder's films. Like yeah, there are I... some there are some good qualities to them. But they are so bleak and emotionless that right. it's like, this is not how you're going to build a DC cinematic universe. You know, that's the beauty of the Marvel cinematic universe is there's a lot of heart and emotion there. They've built all of these characters up for a whole decade. Right. You're not going to do that. You're not going to force that with DC's Snyderverse. There's no, there's no connection to these characters. There's no solidified universe feeling. You know, where this fits in the whole universe, I really just don't know and don't care. And I know it comes after uh, Wonder Woman, but other than that, I I don't care how it affected the universe. Right. I think it worked in one movie really well, and that was The Watchmen. (laughs) Yeah. But those characters are so fucking bleak. Well, yeah, that's that's the world. could have worked for Batman, but, like, Batman has a lot of emotions still, and you're right. Batman is only that dark or good that dark when he's lost right when he's when he's no longer tethered to a site you know to the bat family to his sidekicks when he's lost all of his friends if he's lost his fortune then that kind of bleak gotham makes a hell of a lot of sense right but otherwise he is a bleak character in a lively world right that he's trying to preserve you know it's like it's still there's still that connection to all those you know you can still do goth and batman it works perfectly you know, Tim Burton did a goth world right, amazingly right, for Batman. Right. But but at the same time, there's a lively emotion, emotional characters in Tim Burton's world. You know, there's quirks, there's personalities. Right, right, right. Snyderverse is lacking all of that. You know, it's just like, there's so much just negative, just depression over the whole DCEU and they just need to stop. I do love the cast. That's the problem is I love, I don't know how that they can reboot the world. I don't know. You, there, there's so many ties that you have to sever that are just impossible. I feel like, and that, that, that fight scene calls all of that back. And you know, they could do something when they finally get this flash movie out where, mm-hmm. where things get rebooted and they can just re redo it. Same cast. Yeah. Or or make small changes to the cast, like you know Ben Affleck's done, so you can bring in ben Robert Affleck Pattinson. Even though I like Ezra Miller, I don't, you know, not my favorite Flash, but I haven't, he hasn't gotten a movie yet. I'll give yeah, him a chance. I do like Ezra Miller in general. Like I, yeah. like you said, I don't I don't know how I feel about him being Flash. But Henry Cavill, Jason Momoa, Ray right. Fisher. I don't know if he would return given the controversy going on over justice league movie right now uh, i guess joss whedon was abusive on set oh jeez! he got rid of a lot of black character roles uh scaled down a lot of their characters like you know i guess cyborg was supposed to be a lot more involved I would think in the, so with the plot the way that you know i mean he is the the one who has the new genesis technology i was expecting right? him to be bigger role 
Yeah, so I guess I guess Joss Whedon's to blame for a lot of those characters being scaled back, that and sucks. that's just that's just wrong. Yeah, it makes me it makes me really sad because I I like Joss Whedon until Avengers two, and then after Avengers two, I just feel like he's just gone downhill. Okay, uh, well, yeah, I guess someday we'll talk about that more in depth, maybe. Yeah, but back to eighty four. Uh, we we're gonna go into Maxwell Lord. I think that's the last thing I need to bitch about. I'll, okay. Obviously, I'll, obviously, I'll have to look over my notes again. But Maxwell Lord, Oil Baron, he's got so many different drills all over the United States. All of them are empty. You know, there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, he's a failed man. He's a con man. He's bringing in business clients who realize that he's just stringing them along. That he's unwilling to just announce that he is a failure. Right. You know, his whole life. That's his. That's his big. That's his big problem is, you know, that's his, his number one flaw is he's a huge failure. And he finally gets his hands on the Wish Stone, whatever it was called. I can't remember. We're just going to call dream it the Wish Stone, Stone. I think. I think it was Dream Stone. Dream Stone. Just as unoriginal. Yeah. I mean, it probably, com- it probably comes from the comics, so that's not to blame these guys. Anyways, yeah. Dream Stone. He gets his hands on the Dream Stone. And he makes the dumbest thing, you know, dumbest possible wish ever, which is, I wish to be the Dream Stone. He wishes for that power to grant all wishes. And that's that's the biggest mistake I think this movie had to offer. Was he has what the what this whole movie is going to base this character on, what it's gonna all pivot on is his ability as a father. Because he has a son. Uh I don't remember his son's name. Alistair. Alistair, thank you. His son Alistair is for whatever reason with maxwell lord throughout this whole movie even though he applies that he only has one weekend ever with his son a year but for this movie which does not take place over just one weekend he's with his kid or you know this kid stuck with him forever uh and he doesn't show any interest throughout this whole movie of this kid you know when the kid's around he's like why don't you go play with them over there you know your father's number one uh you know look up to me uh make decisions for yourself you know he he's he's distancing himself throughout this whole movie and at the very end, he pivots on that and is like, no, my whole life's about my son. I got to protect my son. Great moment. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it could have been really emotionally heartfelt if his wish hadn't been to be the Dreamstone, but had been to, say, give him the power to cure his kid of an illness that his kid had. You know, let's say his kid has a, uh, you know, he's close to death. He's got some kind of illness. And let's say Maxwell Lord actually is interested in preserving his kid. You know, he doesn't care about himself. He wants to save his kid. He's trying to get all these business partners in to give him money so that he can fund research to get his kid, you know, cured or whatever. But he gets his hand on the Dreamstone and he wishes for maybe the ability to find that cure. But in the process of doing that, you know, he's, he needs more power. He needs to get, you know, smarter. He needs to keep, you know, he needs to keep gaining right. more and more. And so that when he renounces his wish, instead of it just being a moment of, you know, it's like, oh, I got to be for my kid. He has to make that desperate moment where do I want to destroy the world or do I want to lose my kid? You know, make a a, a, a much harder choice for him. Mm. You know, that would be it would be a much more impactful decision he would have to make. And it would make the whole movie ring a lot more because... What really happens is he wishes to be the Dreamstone, and then he just needs to keep granting more more wishes. You know, he needs all these wishes. And, you know, then he finds that the United States has a, a telecom program that 
the beams being sent down from the satellite literally touch people. Yeah, that part was weird. And since the beams literally touch people, he's able to reach out to everyone across the entire world and make them all make wishes that will come true and give him a shit ton of power. And Wonder Woman gives a speech that makes all 9 billion people across the entire planet. Well, I guess at the time it was probably only like 6 billion. All 6 billion people across the entire planet renounce their wish. Yeah. Not possible. (laughs) Not possible. Yeah, it was was, uh, definitely trying to amplify diana's divinity there uh, to some effect like it made her more of a religious figure that she was able to convince all these people to just denounce their desire right Uh, and so now they're now they're going to do the the, this the justice league effect where there's going to be you know deity statues of wonder woman nobody sees her ever throughout this movie as wonder woman so that's She's yeah. she's perfectly concealed her identity, which is why it fits with Justice League. You know, something I realized when I watched both of these movies this time around? I don't think anyone ever says Wonder Woman. No, I don't think so. I don't think yeah, they she's do. Just, she's Wonderous. She yeah. is a Wonder Woman. <laughs> I think there's like news articles that is like Wonder Woman. You know, it's Oh, like... maybe. Maybe I missed the newsreel. I, I, I do get where you're coming from saying that a story where he would have to choose the world over his son is definitely way more impactful. But I do think that there is a script where this storyline could work and work mm. really well. Where this, I mean, because I do think that somewhere deep down Maxwell's motivation to be as powerful as possible is so that his son will look up to him because he yeah. didn't have that as a kid. His his dad mm-hmm. was an asshole and there's this uh, flashback scene where his dad beats him and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I do think that there's a script where that works better and could have been way more Im- impactful. But I have to say, I actually did cry when uh the guy when max got down on his knees and was like i'm i'm a liar i'm Mm -hmm. a failure in fact i'm kind of a big sucky loser guy but i'm always gonna love you and well delivered from pedro definitely definitely i i thought that particular moment was really strong the setup could have been better I agree. Sure. The, I think the reason that moment is strong is because of Pedro Pascal. I don't think that moment impacts because of the story around it. It impacts because of his delivery. That's how I felt about sure. it. Because I too, I too was hit by that scene. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't hit by the scene because of any kind of con- like character moment. You know, there's no mm. there's no repercussions. All the there's no resounding ending for any of these characters that makes you think that right. they got any kind of just desserts for any of their actions. Yeah, see, yeah, Barbara's sentence is way more severe than Pedro Pascal and uh, excuse me, Maxwell Lord, and he almost broke the world. <laughs> did they did they even have a sentence? Because like, I don't remember them resolving their characters at all. Uh, well, I thought, oh wait, I guess she wasn't dead at the end, was she? No. Because no, be- she does get electrocuted, but then she is okay. Yeah, she renounces her wish when all nine, <clears throat> six billion other people in the world miraculously renounce their wish, and she becomes See, back to human. 
And that's not... that's the last time you see her is she's just stuck on that island. You know, they just right. leave after that. Right. I am not a hundred percent sure certain that Minerva actually denounced her wish, renounced her wish. Because that because that apex predator part, that oh. was a gift from Maxwell Ooh. Lord when he was getting the payments for his wishes. Yeah. Well, she definitely uh, renounced she definitely renounced being like diana because they show her when everybody else has renounced their wish they have like that flash of her like waking up in the water and she's back to being human so right. like they've that that's the last shot i remember of her is just that right. seeing her as a human just being like looking sad that she had like done something wrong or whatever see then, i i thought that that scene could be read that she's sad that she lost this power that she had maybe uh but like i don't think i i don't know that i don't know that she is completely unlike diana because yeah i don't think they ever showed her physically mouth i'm done with yeah. this and the the part where she got all cgi cat lady that was all given to her by lord for free she did not mm-hmm. wish for that yeah and if that's the if that's the route they go i'm totally down because i do think she is a good villain i think yeah. if they focus on her she can make a great part of the the league of doom and you know in the in the comics you know they've they've gone both routes you know there's obviously obviously cheetah is the main villain but recent comics barbara maneuver has been you know a, a friend and a an assistant for wonder woman you know helping her out in issues not as cheetah but just as like a scientist in general so it's like they can go both routes you know they they showed her without they showed her without powers but at the same time like you said we don't know that she renounced sorry they didn't show her without powers they showed her without cat lady cgi right but they didn't they didn't show that she renounced any of her powers so it's like in the next movie she could still be a cheetah which would be no, great. I think that'd be cool. I'm yeah. down for it. But who knows what they'll do? But Maxwell Lord, his story ends with him. You know that emotional scene with his kid, which again I agree was an emotional scene. But I'm I'm putting that one on actor, not on anything else, because I think taken yeah. outside of it, it still rings for a lot of the issues that have happened this year specifically. You know, it ring emotionally in those regards. It's a good it's a good scene, but the whole scene I'm sitting there wondering how the fuck did the kid get to the goddamn lawn of the white house so fast they showed him yeah. locked up in an office building and a bunch of people pouring through it and then like two minutes later he's just like dad and you know, he's just in the lighthouse lawn i'm like how the fuck are you here i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i i i am still arguing that a story where this guy is seduced by this wishing power mm-hmm. this this seductive lie as as they call the wish the dreamstone at some point i think that that could still have worked where he decided oh in the search for this power for my son's respect i left my son behind i want to renounce that and make him know that the only thing that's important to me is him i think that that story still very much could work that yes it definitely certainly could have they just didn't try for any emotional connection yeah. uh, i'm with you it, it it fell flat a little bit yeah i agree with you if if they had tried for the emotional connection they could have gone that route i just i walked away thinking that the him renouncing his wish was nothing yeah you know, that I mean, it it didn't it didn't ring at all in any way because there was no repercussions he didn't really lose anything because he was no. already losing and that's that's the thing i don't know if we've ever established that when you make a wish you lose something 
that you want. So it's like when Wonder Woman made her wish to get Steve back, she started to lose her powers. You know, Barbara lost her humanity. Maxwell Lord lost. I would guess when he became humanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also every time he grants a wish, which I guess was part of his wish, he falls apart like on a physical level. Yeah, um, but as they also show, whenever he steals other people's wishes, he can just take their health. He can take their health, too. <laughs> Which uh, is just ridiculous. He can choose what to take from them. That, so. that, scene was, that scene was stupid, too, when he's just like, he's reached out to everybody, and he, it's just Pedro Pascal just yelling at nothing, and he's just like, and I take your liver, and I take your hair, and I take yeah. your spine, and, and I was just like, this is stupid, like, come on, this is your big bad villain ending, like... Uh, it's it's not on the Wonder Woman level at all. Yeah, I I definitely. I mean, obviously she saves the world because, like I said just yes. a little bit earlier, Lord almost breaks the world. Oh, that um, reminds me, she saves the world, but I don't think anybody loses their memories. So you're telling me that everybody in the Justice League world, every six billion person who was alive back in 1984 remembers all of that shit going down and doesn't doesn't say anything about it they're just like yeah that shit happened you know that's our life crazy shit i don't know who that god lady voice was but that was good tv right (laughs) (laughs) my gosh and that that brings me back to another thing i had just forgotten that i was i wanted to talk about when she brings steve trevor back she brings him back in the body of a hallmark actor i feel bad for this guy like he's just stuck in hallmark movies like I've heard this about after the fact. I didn't know anything about him until sure. I've read researched this movie afterwards. And you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of poor this guy because he's just he's just the hallmark actor who gets replaced by Chris Pine in two seconds. Because she wishes to have Steve Trevor back, and instead of just giving him a new body, he gets stuck in the body of this guy. Yeah, uh, played by Christopher Polaha. I Thank don't you. know if I'm pronouncing probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, but there's this like, you know, they break the, I can't remember the the 180 line. The one eight, 180 degree rule. Yeah, they, they break right. that to, to transition from that actor to Chris Pine. And, you know, to show you that Diana sees only Steve Trevor. She doesn't see this guy that he's actually in the body of. Right. And it's fine. I... You know, I'm not gonna complain. I do like you it's know Chris magic. Pine. I I don't mind seeing him act. I just don't know why they just didn't have him come back in his own body, because later yeah. on, world leaders wish for nukes, and nukes just miraculously appear. They don't just come. They don't come in the body of you know some other rocket. They right. come up as brand new nukes. So new things can be created from wishes. So why didn't they just give him a new body? I don't know. It's it's just a silly story idea that they could have cut out in the next draft. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, I don't know. Like, I think I think the main reason why that could have worked as a story element. You're right. It kind of gets it's it's just another inconsistency, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. But that could have worked if uh, that the reason why that could have worked rather is that that gives Diana another reason while why she shouldn't let this continue because she's literally taking this person's life away from them yeah and and if they had played up to that that would have been great but she spends the entire movie ignoring that fact 
and she Having only renounces sex with the, that fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she only <laughs> renounces the wish when she finds out that the entire world's going to basically be destroyed. That's right. she doesn't care at all about this guy who's losing his life. But the funny thing about that is later on at the end of the movie, she sees that guy when Steve Trevor is not possessing him. Yeah. You know, and they they had this nice little kind of interacting moment where, you know, they talk about I think it's uh, you know, it's just like, "Wow, crazy world, right?" Haha. Ha. Uh, anyways i'm gonna go get a coffee you know and, and the only thing i could think of throughout that entire scene is that diane's lo- diana is looking at him going i've seen your penis man like <laughs> she's like i've seen i've seen this guy naked i've had sex with him he'll never know that he had sex with wonder woman but she's just like oh this this poor guy and his wasted memories like <laughs> i really thought it was like i did kind of think the fact that he was wearing that outfit that she tried to pick out for uh steve that that was yeah. kind of funny but oh my god you just made me remember something else yeah go ahead because i mean i i didn't think what that was really a necessary thing i just thought it was funny go ahead it, it is funny and 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 what's funny about that is again this is supposed to be a period movie 1984 mm-hmm. you know it's it, it tries to deliver on that atmosphere it does not handle nostalgia at all you know it shows people in silly outfits it plays a little bit of soundtrack from the 1980s, but it, it doesn't it doesn't deliver on that, you know, the 80s nostalgia like, you know, Stranger Things. It doesn't connect well. And they have one of those, you know, famous in the 80s and 90s, those dress up scenes where, you know, a character goes into a fitting room and comes out with a new, you know, new silly outfit. And everybody's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know how they all react. It's so funny. And they try to do that in this movie for Steve Trevor and it falls flat it's so deadpan so boring there's no silly like action scene or uh, uh, soundtrack to back it up you know the the counter reactions of diana don't really match the outfits he's wearing at all honestly i i you know i honestly didn't like mind that scene uh in fact i got a couple good chuckles out of it particularly like let's keep the shoes okay yeah let's keep the shoes yeah yeah let's keep the shoes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it it, it it had some funny moments but i just felt like every single choice in that scene i was just like i know what you're trying to do but the mighty ducks movies did it better you know it's just <laughs> like <laughs> it's like i know what you're trying to do but this tv film was much better at it <laughs> from that time period and it, i don't i don't know it's just a lot of this stuff kind of just fell apart let me look over my notes but i think i'm good to tear the wall down and do closing statements all right me too yep i'm good to tear that wall down all right brick by brick that wall's down let's do some closing statements uh yeah go ahead okay yeah closing statements so i think it's obvious i was not a fan of this movie uh i still give it two and a half stars which i know is going to sound surprising for everybody that stuck with me through all of the spoilers you're going to hear two and a half out of four, and you're like, I could have sworn this was going to get a one and a half. <laughs> it is still an entertaining film. Yeah. As much as I hated it, as much as I had so many nitpicks and everything, I still enjoyed myself. You know, that it was still two and a half hours on the, you know, on the, my rocking chair that I just didn't mind. I, I did occasionally go to my cell phone, but for the most part, I was engaged. I watched. I had so many issues. But it's not the worst DCEU film I've seen. And I still think people can enjoy it. And it makes me happy that people can enjoy it. 
because yeah. that's what a superhero film is for. It's it's supposed to be silly entertainment. It can be done so much better, but it is just silly entertainment to just gobble up. Uh, inconsistent writing, not as good of directing as I would have liked from Patty Jenkins. The CGI action scenes felt horrible. You know, it could have used a lot more, lot more rescripts and everything. It, it fell flat, but it's still in an, a competent falling flat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure, I think I think that this movie just kind of go off of what you were saying uh, that th- the reason why it does not work is because it's following a very competent film that yeah. is pretty powerful. For a lot of re- different reasons, even just for like, I know that some people complain about her pining after the pine, but I, I don't really see that when I watch that movie. I see this extremely no. strong character who's not going to let the society constraints on women bring her down. Like yeah. she's going to be a warrior because that's what she is. And I, mm-hmm. I, for that, like Wonder Woman should go in some kind of hall of fame or something. And yeah. uh, this movie just is not up to that standard. That being said, I really enjoyed watching the movie. Really, I, I did. I, I just can recognize that it is not as good of a movie as the first one. Which, I mean, it's it's a sequel. Yeah. That happens. So, it's a full-face movie for me, for sure. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. It's not... I If it was as good or better as Wonder Woman, it might have gotten a face and a half. Because yeah. Wonder Woman's a fantastic movie. I will. I will also say that uh, since since this is a stay or go, I mean, we'll right. answer that question. We'll answer that question overall at the end. Right. But here with Wonder Woman, since it, since Wonder Woman in and of itself is a stay or go, do not absolutely do not go to the theater to see this movie. It's not worth you risking your life or the lives of others around you. Definitely. Not that any movie is, but this movie is specifically is underwhelming and a disappointment in regards to what could potentially happen. <laughs> right. If you're already paying money for HBO, uh, just watch it with that money that you already spent. Or if you have a friend with HBO, just butter them up and you know buy them yeah. a bunch of donuts or something and hope they'll let you watch the movie off their HBO. Butter them up and eat them like a tasty roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so are we good to move on to soul then yeah let's move on to pixar's soul you want to dive in wait no you you summarize one woman I'll, i will yeah yeah i will summarize soul directed by pete doctor who's done other pixar films like inside out monsters inc up great movies all of them all of them including this one i'd say yeah, he also wrote this with Mike Jones and Kent Powers. I don't know their filmographies. But it stars Jimmy Fox as a music teacher whose name I forgot to write down. Joe. Wow, I'm how not, I forget Joe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't remember Joe's last name. That's all right. He, he plays music teacher Joe, who is feeling, you know, run down in life. You know, he's kind of stalled. He's very passionate about jazz, but he doesn't, he hasn't ever gotten, you know, the opportunity to be a jazz, you know, musician, you know, to be on the big screen, to, to please audiences that are that kind of thing. And he finally gets that opportunity early in the film 
through just random happenstance, you know, he gets to, you know, play with this huge jazz singer. And he's really excited. He's, you know, he's over the moon. And then he dies. And his soul goes to the after, or the great beyond, as what they call it. Or on the on the path to the great beyond, oh, which is a nice, go. nice visual effect. I like the animation in this film, and that was oh, yeah. that was very da- that's very daunting. The animation of the great beyond, you know, it's like it's a glass uh, incline just leading up to a a bright light, and just it's all in space, you know, stars all around, just nothingness everywhere, and there's just giant white light that's just eating everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, like, most of the people on the tram going up to it are like, yep, I'm ready for this. And he's like, yeah. fuck no. He's freaking out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as, as uh, one of the first souls on the incline that he meets is like, I'm an 80-year-old woman. I'm ready for this. Get out of my way. You know, here I come. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, you must not have been ready for death. And he's like, no, I'm not. I got to perform. You know, he's like, I got to get back because my dream was about to be realized. You know, I was about to, I was about to be able to play piano. And so that's his, that becomes his goal. You know, he's got to get back through random circumstances that I won't spoil. He comes to the, the great before. I can't remember what they call it. The youth seminar. Yeah. The youth, yeah. The youth center or something like that. Uh, Well, youth seminar. I remember it was called the youth seminar. I just don't remember what it was called prior to them rebranding it as the youth seminar. But he, he, he comes here and gets mistaken as a tutor for new souls and this place you know this place determines the a person's personality you know it builds it builds you know your character and it sends those souls down to earth to start a new life and joe's purpose becomes specifically getting home getting back to his own body and that's that's the story really he he, well i guess i should also mention as a mentor he's put in charge of a lost soul somebody that they haven't been able to make earth ready yet you know, she's had so many mentors like Abe Lincoln and Gandhi and like all these famous like uh, Mother Teresa, all these famous uh, so-called benevolent souls. Yeah. Mother Teresa, don't get me started. I won't. But she, she's had all these big mentors. They've all failed. But can Joe make her earth ready? Well, he's not honestly interested in doing that. He's interested only in get back to his body. But if that's what he has to do to get back to his body, then sure. Yeah, and that's that's the story. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned Joe is voiced by Jamie Fox, and Twenty Two, who is the lost soul that he is put in charge of, is voiced by Tina Fey. And the whole tale is just their, you know, how they interact with each other to accomplish their own personal goals. You know, Tina Fey's Twenty Two doesn't want to go to Earth; she doesn't want to become somebody. You know, there's no, there's no spark for her. There's no tethering right. joy or love. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand the earth experience because it's all from a cynic's point of view. It's, you know, it's all gross. You know, you can work yeah. so hard to achieve something, but at the same time you go through so much turmoil and depression and despair. Is pain. it worth it? Like there's no, there's no physical pain, uh, in the, in the youth <laughs> seminar or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah yeah uh is that do you think that's about it or yeah I, I think that's about it for the for the synopsis that's you know that's i think decent enough without spoiling things because I, I don't think we need to put up a spoiler wall for this one because i highly recommend this film right and there's a lot of good 
you know, Pixar's really good at making a story that pulls a lot of different things out of left field. You know, it, it, it's hard to predict where Pixar story is usually going because they're always trying to keep you on your toes. You know, they're trying to pull an emotional story out, but at the same time, they're trying to entertain you. Right. And that aspect, I think soul kind of fails. It's fairly reminiscent of a lot of other films before it. You know, so like, you you mean like just the plot, like where the plot ends up? I yeah, think. just like the whole unraveling of the story feels very similar to a lot of other films, and it's kind of predictable. That's that's fair, but it doesn't hurt it. No, because the emotion the emotion between all these characters, what's driving them all, is still unique. It's very well executed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> and um, Tina Fey and and jamie fox work really well together and yeah they're just adorable i actually right before we did this watched a little tiny like interview with the two of them talking it separately talking about working with each other and jamie fox said he was really excited to work with her because he always wanted to pitch to her the idea of her and um amy poehler doing laverne and shirley like a movie version (laughs) And and I'm like, wow, that's that's really funny. That I I wouldn't think that that would be on Jamie Foxx's mind, but that right. would work. That would work. I'd watch well. it. Uh, but yeah, yeah they they enjoyed working with each other, which is good, and uh, it shows. I think it definitely does. Yeah, they have good chemistry, and everybody does a great uh, voice performance mm-hmm. in this film. And and again, I've already I've already talked that I love the animation. I thought it looked good. Uh, very similar to Inside Out. I feel like you can easily kind of forget this movie, like clump those two together, like give it 10 years and you might get aspects of this movie mixed up with Inside Out because sure. they have fairly similar look and themes in regards wow. to, you know, emotions in Inside Out versus your soul in this one. Like, There's a lot of existentialism and uh, a, a lot of Pixar movies, really. Like, yeah. There's a lot of questioning of self and life in oh, general. Up. Jesus. Oh, up, yeah, geez, yeah. And <sighs> uh, but all at the end, always the message is that it is worth the pain to live, which I really yeah. appreciate from Pixar because we all need that yeah. sometimes. And I think this movie, even though again it's not a it's a rehashed idea, this movie still makes it feel fresh. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I cried. You know, I cried at the end when the uh, the stuff goes down. I won't say what, but I do feel like right at the end, there's a, a kind of a flip floppy decision that's kind of like a heartwarming, like yay, the happy endings for everyone. That mm-hmm. I didn't really like. It kind of just felt kind of yeah. I get. I remember what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah, there was so much gravity behind the i. It's kind of hard to talk about without giving away. There's a lot of gravity yeah. behind the idea of him giving in for 22, and then they kind of just, yeah, they kind of flip that. Yeah. They undo that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely... I could see that being like a producer decision. Like they they mm-hmm. they read the script and they're like, I don't I don't like that. Yeah, I feel like they probably like it could have also again. I think this was another movie that was pushed back. It might not have been, but I feel like it was, and I feel like that might have been like a producer thing. Like, why we got the time. This is very depressing, and this year is already very depressing. That so why don't you fair. why don't you cheer up that ending a little bit? And I didn't mind the ending. 
It just no, it I could didn't. have had a lot more weight to it if it ended the way I thought it was going to. Yeah, what I what I did mind and all I will go into it is these two words. So if you don't want any spoilers for Soul, uh, skip forward five seconds. What I did mind was the Freaky Friday situation that with him and the yeah. In the- and and cat yeah it was funny what they did it was funny how they pulled it off uh continuing on with the story like that for the next 30 minutes was amusing because you know again wasn't really expecting it to take that route so it's kind of fun to follow it yeah but there's this emotional scene with the character and his mom and they try to pull it off in a way that's not going to be annoying to watch Right, and I appreciate that because it would have been it would have been annoying to watch how they set up the scene if they were to continue doing it like that. I'm trying not to spoil anything, so I know it's vague and I know it's confusing, and I'm sorry, listeners. But but doing that makes you wonder after the fact why the fuck the mom wasn't irritated by I will say a cat meowing constantly throughout this entire conversation. Yeah, you know it's. I would have been like, can you shut that fucking animal up and get it out of here? We're trying to have this heartfelt moment. like, <laughs> And this thing is just meowing nonstop. So it, I get why they try to make it easy to watch. Right. But in doing so, it, it begs the question of how annoying that conversation really was for those characters. Right. right. Like, did, did 22 take over or did some kind of weird ghost thing happen where yeah. Joe took yeah, I don't know. It's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> we might have already by just by just implying. Uh, no, I think, anyhow, I yeah, think if anything, I've just confused everybody. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I'm all, sorry. All in all, it is. There's a. I think there's an emotional good, heartfelt but... moment. Yeah, there's an emotional heartfelt moment that falls flat because of the implications of how they show it. Right sure you know how how it's how it's broadcast brought about on t on the screen just makes a a very beautiful moment very silly you called it the freaky friday effect which i mean that's Mm. that's fair that's what goes on but i think that that was kind of that kind of worked because it showed it showed joe what he was doing wrong in his life which Mm. for that reason it worked i thought it could work better I guess go forward five seconds again. I thought it could work better if they were both in the body. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. I thought that yeah. was going to happen. And I thought that would have been very interesting. But I do I do like the route they went because, as you said, it definitely does help him realize as a person that he's not, you know, that he's not living the life he wants to live if that's his dream. You know, right, if, right. If, if, if his dream is jazz, then he's not living the life right. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a lot of, there's just so many good emotional moments with him and Tina Fey's character, 22, that just bring across so much better in this film than, say, in Wonder Woman, where a lot of the emotional decisions kind of just fall flat. Here, you know, when, when she is, I will say, in charge, when she has a little spell on Earth, when she's running around and actually learning what life is like, you know, as she says, she's good at jazzing. And she doesn't mean she's good at being a jazz musician. She's just good at jazzing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's what jazz is about is like, you know, 
loving the life, loving what's around you, like, you know, letting yourself fall into the moment. But like, that's what I, that's what I liked is that, you know, those emotional moments where, you know, she's learning what makes life important. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, God, I just don't know how to talk about it without spoiling anything of this film. It's, it's just beautiful how they show her development as a character. Right. While Joe, Joe is developing without realizing it. You know, Joe, yeah. Joe is that's so true. focused on his one goal that he's not aware how much he is changing throughout this film. Right. And it's great. You know, how, how they great. handle it all. I really like it. Uh, so I do want to recognize some of the, the cast, uh, because I thought that there was some really good decisions in the casting, particularly, I really like Rachel house as this accounting spirit character named Terry. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, she is so funny. And if you haven't seen Rachel house in something, go find, uh, the hunt for the wilder beast people, the hunt for the wilder people, I think is what it's called. The Taika Waititi film. And she plays this social worker and is so funny. And I was just happy (laughs) to find her in this. And another funny role, not nearly as as, uh, funny haha as that her other role. But she just does a great job. I also, also, with Terry, there's the Jerry's. Yes, all the rest of the spirits' names are Jerry's. I'm not not sure why. (laughs) Just, Just to segregate poor Terry. Yeah, uh, but one of the one of the Jerry's is Richard Aoade. Yeah, who I didn't know was in this film, and once I heard his voice, I was just like, "Yay! I love <laughs> yeah. him!" Like, yeah, it, it made the it made it it made me fall in love even more with this movie because I was just like, "Yes, Richard Aoade's in it!" Like, <laughs> small and, role, but great. Uh, the other Jerry's were played by Alice Braga and wes studi i'm sure there I'm, there might have been some other voices for the jerry's because there's quite a few of them they they all kind of played off of each other really well and i enjoyed that yeah. uh you also have uh quest love playing curly which that's how joe got into the band because curly was his his student at one point and yeah. he but he works with dorothea williams played by angela bassett and like Ooh, yeah. really everybody She's just good. did such a great job voice acting i yeah. i i I, love I didn't have bassett a problem too. with anybody's per- performance so it was, it was another it was another fun because i didn't recognize her voice so i had to look that one up and seeing that it was her i was just like yep that's good you know she, yep. she was doing a good she job did a good job everybody uh really just the whole cast yeah, there's also David Diggs. Yeah, which I don't remember Hamilton. who Paul was, but I love yeah, David Diggs. I can't. So. Yeah, I do too. I'm trying to remember which character he was, but sadly I do not. Pretty low on the cast list, so it must have been a pretty minor role, but I want to see him yeah. in some more major roles. He's he's a very talented person. Yeah, and as a, uh, as a film that revolves around jazz and music... Uh, I think it's important to point out that the music is done by Trent Reznor and Atticus. Oh man, I'm always going to forget his last name. Oh well. It's the same guys who did Mank uh, and a lot of other wow. David Fincher films. C- music's composed by John Baptiste, who I'm a Stephen Colbert lover. I love the late show with Stephen Colbert. And John Baptiste is the musician, you know, the staying human band on there. Mm-hmm. Amazing person, amazing, amazing musician. Uh, so a lot of the jazz compositions in this are, you know, 
very beautiful and it's nice nice knowing that john batiste had a uh, had a hand in it you know yeah i, I like seeing I, I i'm excited to see his music go further than you know i don't want him to leave the late show but at the same time yeah i i would like that too because they do they do a good job at showcasing him and his band but i want to see them get the recognition they deserve beyond that too because they're right. amazing not everybody watches late night talk shows especially not anymore yeah. so yeah. It, i mean it's exposure i i want i would like to see them go more mainstream which i guess that's technically mainstream it's just not <laughs> as the high end of mainstream as it used to be yeah you know, I think the only other thing I would want to talk about is the structure of the the soul worlds. I don't know what to call them, but like sure. the U Seminar and the Great Beyond, and and the what's it? What do they call it? The the zone. The zone. Yeah, that's right. That's specifically what I wanted to talk about was the zone. They don't really do a great job at explaining how any of this functions with the real world. Right. It's child animation you know it's like we don't have to explain it so i don't i'm not going to complain too much that the right the physics of this world aren't really established but the zone was where i was really thrown off with the story because souls go into the zone you know when you when you just get lost when you're when you're uh you know if you're if you're lost soul you don't know what you're doing you can wander around in the zone forever uh, but also if like you're a musician or a writer or something and, and you're really in it, you're in the zone, you know, your soul is inhabiting this area. It's floating around. It's, you know, it's enjoying itself. And I liked it. It's a yeah. really cool concept, especially Moonwind. I thought Moonwind yeah, was hilarious. I did. Moonwind was really funny. Played by Graham Norton. Yeah, was it really? I didn't even yeah. notice that. <laughs> I love Graham Norton. It's He's great, but he's where I get confused with the story. Because his soul can go from being in the zone where Jamie Foxx's, uh, Joe's soul is at that, you know, at the moment, to being sucked right back in Earth and remembering everything. He remembers the right. structure of all the soul worlds and everything. And I know that there are crazy people out there who will lather on about that. And we, we as normal humans see them as crazy. But he doesn't seem like a crazy person in the world. He just seems like a, you know, cool suave dude and it's just like are are this is this movie saying that there's just like senseis out there who just know this stuff exists like i think that's what it's saying yeah yeah what did they call him though it wasn't a guru and it wasn't they didn't call him a shaman either they called him something uh a mystic i think yeah Yeah. (laughs) he and his group were called the mystics and yeah yeah, and they were just all people who knew how to get into the zone and help lost souls find their way. I fucking I, thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I love, I love the concept. It just it yeah. confused me when I was I watching see. the movie. I was just like, because you know, certain plot points depend on characters going into the zone and finding things, and I'm just like. I don't know. I, watching it, I was just like, "Man, this is weird." Like, I, I'm just struggling, <laughs> struggling with the concept of how all of this coexists, but it doesn't could, hurt the movie at all. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it hurts the movie. And like you said earlier, it's a it's a kids' animation uh, about some pretty heavy topics, really. <laughs> so I feel oh, like yeah. if they went really deep into it, it might be either really more confusing for children or yeah. less entertaining at at least. 
Uh, but yeah, I would like gonna... to see like the adventures of Moonwind. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely so watch fun. that. Yeah, I love Moonwind and his whole ship. And I just remembered that well, how his story ends. We won't spoil that, oh, but I, I just remembered I it. I can't quite remember. So yeah, maybe tell me after we're done. All right. I I wish that you know we had spent a little bit more time on Soul. Uh, but I really yeah. don't know what else to say unless we went into a spoiler wall, and I don't feel like that that's necessary, really. I think it's kind of evident that we both liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Something in the future, maybe, when, if we do, like, a Pixar playlist and we revisit Soul, you know, we can, we can delve yeah. much further into the movie. But two weeks after its release date, it's going to be on Disney Prime or Disney Plus forever. I don't know why I keep saying Disney Prime. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus for, for, for a long time, so, like, you can always catch it you don't have to rush like wonder woman to catch it right uh so uh but, yeah i guess uh, i'll do a closing statement if you're good for yeah. that so I'm ready, yeah full-faced movie uh i i think just really i i can't i can't recommend this movie enough i feel like with like you said there are some depressing moments and it's been a depressing year but all in all the end of it is very uplifting uh the message in general uplifting and i think we could use that this year so i i recommend you guys uh you know stream this movie for sure agreed i uh i give it three and a half stars again no no movie of 2020 got four stars which makes me sad uh, but for this film, you know, it didn't get that, that extra half star because it is just a rehash of old ideas, uh, which again, I get, there aren't any actual new story ideas out there, but even though this film delivers a lot of emotion and it's very uplifting, it was still very predictable. Mm-hmm. Again, there's, there's so many moments where I was surprised by what happened, but how they used it turned out to be predictable and right. You know, there's there's small small nitpicky disappointments that don't ruin the film that are just me being a little uh, complainy whiny little man, but overall I I do highly recommend it. I do uh, want to put out you know content trigger warning for 2020 specifically. You know, if if you've lost somebody this year, this movie might be a little hard to watch. Right. Solely solely based off of its premise, but the message is strong and again i do agree i think we need something like this this year so i do recommend it should you stay or should you stay go <laughs> you know should you should you watch pixar's soul or should you watch uh wonder woman's 84 again uh no reason to go to the theater so the the real no. question comes down to if you've got the time and you can stay home uh you know do we recommend both films do we recommend one film what do we think you want me to go first Let's- yeah i'll let you go first uh yeah i so since you put on the table both films i i would actually recommend people watch both these films but if i had to choose one over the other if it came down to my last 14 dollars and i could either buy into (laughs) hbo or disney prime i i did it uh disney plus uh i would say go for soul 
uh soul was a better constructed movie i'd say uh so if i have to give a, a winner to one of them it would be this one but i did enjoy both watching both these movies and if you need more wonder woman in your life which everyone does uh then you should watch 1984 just know that it's not as good as the first movie oh yeah i uh i agree with the soul uh soul wins if given the option of either or uh, but I personally do not recommend watching Wonder Woman 84. Uh, I recommend watching the first Wonder Woman. And while I respect your statement, and I'm not at all negating what you were, you have said, I do not think that film is wor- worthy of Wonder Woman's character. I think it's kind of underwhelming and a huge disappointment to what they established in the first movie. Yeah. And I think the first movie just rings more solid without this one having been there. So I don't I don't recommend eighty four unless you're a huge uh, DC fan or as you said if you really just need more Wonder Woman which I agree everybody needs more Wonder Woman I just right. I feel like what they what they put forth wasn't Wonder Woman I feel that I feel that um, let me ask you this though if they did not come out with that first movie if that mo- first movie did not exist which I know that's kind of hard to imagine because it is a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, what would your opinion about this movie change only in the fact that i would be more adamant that they need to stop the universe that's fair if (laughs) if they didn't have the strengths of the first wonder woman movie then this would have been clear signs that the universe is in shatters and just needs to be erased uh but with that first wonder woman movie established and with you know the fun of aquaman which um my opinion on Aquaman is it is a fun schlock movie. Mm. And that is how I feel about Wonder Woman 84. It is a fun schlock movie. It's, it's trash. It smells bad. It looks bad. But at the same time, I did have fun watching it. Um, you know, for me, DCU, the DCEU has only put forth really Wonder Woman and Shazam. Like, I enjoyed Shazam. There's a lot of heart and family emotion in Shazam that I really appreciated. Is it a great film? No, not really. It's just mm-hmm. a fun film. That's all it wanted to be was a fun yeah, film. Yeah, that, that I feel and like that's great. a kid superhero, that's all you need is a fun yeah, film. Yeah, and, and Zachary Levi does a great job as Shazam. And, you know, with Wonder Woman, the first one, as, you, as we've said, very powerful film. Very emotionally resounding. Yeah. You know, very worthy of a uh of wonder woman and this sequel just felt like you know we don't really have a good idea of what to do for wonder woman since we've already established this universe up through 2020 you know it's like well how do we how do we fit her in with this world and still tell a a cool story let's just do another fish out of water sequence oh and let's just have her lose her powers like what's happened in superman 2 and spider-man 2 yeah. And, and oh let's make it based on wishes you know like aladdin and <laughs> it looks like you know it's just like careful what you wish for i will say that i have seen wish stories go a lot worse i know i said yeah. that last when we talked about it outside of this i, I like th- mm-hmm. that can definitely become really stupid um really fast but like you said yeah. when i brought that up is that there's definitely been films that done it better um yeah like careful what you wish for is a big theme in so many movies right and agreed there have been movies that have fallen far flatter than one woman 84 in that regard uh but you know there's also movies 
that you know the only one i can think of off the top of my head is like aladdin where it's like he has three wishes and it shows the repercussions of those wishes right you know, and then when when jafar has his wishes it shows the repercussions of his wishes and you know every every wish you have to be careful you know it's there's an episode of charmed where there's a genie and right. you know it's like they have to be very careful what their wishes are because just like in wonder woman 84 your wish comes across like you get what you want but there's, there's a huge parts. negative effect yeah, yeah. And so that's that's the the theme of this film, and you know it kind of falls in the middle of how it handles it. It's it's a it's a well beaten theme, and this doesn't really add anything new, but it doesn't doesn't completely bungle it. So, gotcha. So so go and watch the vocal talents of Jamie Fox and Tina Fey in Soul. Uh, the, they really did do a great job together i i think yeah um and i did enjoy it and made me feel good at the end i'm, I'm thankful you all have listened to me bitch and moan from what i'm sure most of you out there will find to be just an entertaining film <laughs> <laughs> but uh hopefully i was entertaining in my bitching so i i will say that i think uh your points were all valid so uh, but I, I, I was entertained by the film. Well, I am uh, the green traveler from Gorsh with an X. <laughs> and I'm the faceless Leon, a man blob. Safe travels. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> Do you thirst for adventure? adventure? Do you search for laughter and friendship? Ha 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 ha! Then don't miss the adventures in Valagon! Welcome to a new world of fantasy, fun, and action! Coming to you as a monthly serial starting on January 19th of 2021. And brought to you by the imaginative people of FictionWorks 19. Starring Greg Callahan as Raphael Anastas Magoo, Sarah Christ as Vashti Whisperwim, and Kenneth Glynn as Pai Shou Wukong. We'll see you in Valagorn. The Adventures in Valagorn! Hey there, Couch Potatoes. This is the Faceless Leon here. Tell you about our new addition to the show. Uh, we will be bringing to you two episodes a week starting on monday the 4th of january 2021 i'll tell you thank you thank you for letting that year be over we're gonna bring in the new year nice and strong two episodes a week do our regular thing thursday nothing's changing there but on mondays we are now going to be bringing to you playlists we're going to start off with watching the Disney movies, the OG Disney movies from chronological order. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up there with some other things. Who knows what we might do? But we're looking at some long series of movies. Anyways, we hope that you, the listener, the potatoes at home, enjoy it. Safe travels. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. If you liked the show, please leave a review, like, follow, or subscribe wherever you listen. 
This will help us grow our show. Be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thank you all very much for listening.